Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, my God. I look like I've stuck my finger in a plug socket. <laughs> Jen, I mean, seriously. I'm so sorry. That is fun. That is ludicrous. <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utter bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Thank you so much to our brand new Patreons. Trish, Nikki, and Christina. We're so glad you're a part of the Bollocks team. Yay! <laughs> what has happened to my hair? Don't know. Have you had an electric shock? <laughs> Did you put your finger in the plug? I don't think I've looked in a mirror today. I mean, it's a good look. I got on the call first, and all I've done is moan to Alex about how stressed I am. This is what happens when I'm stressed, Maureen. Alison, look at Alison's hair. It looks incredible, as always. <laughs> like it's done in a chignon or something. Well, I always curl the bits, and sometimes it lasts for a couple of days, so I got a little... Holy moly. I mean, Maureen, even your hair looks absolutely lustrous. And then me... What do you mean, even my hair? And your hair, more than you. your hair is also looking lustrous, as always, actually. You've done your roots and... Um, I've done my roots, look. Look, genuinely, your hair looks absolutely on fire. Not on fire, because that suggests singed roots, but... Stop talking, Brista. OK, good. How are you? <laughs> well, Alison had a bit of an emergency this morning, didn't you? Yeah, I had a little bit of uh, puppy poo problems. That's what right. happens when you have a fuzzy dog. Sometimes there's poo that is attached to... Yeah, yeah. What uh, do you call those? Um, dingle dangles. Clingers. Clingers. Gruff nuts? I don't know. There's lots of little... Gruff nuts! I like that! You join in, Maureen, with your description no. of poo stuck to a dog's bum. This is why I wouldn't have a, like a fluffy dog. Or a dog. Or a dog. Just say dog in general. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually glad that you don't have a dog, Maureen, because I couldn't cope with the hair. I molt enough. The amount of hair that I pick up when I hoover. Yeah. It is terrifying. Jen, do you have a lot of hair loss? I have significant hair loss. Sometimes I'm like, how am I not bald yet? I mean, I probably do. Yeah, I think you shed hair when you've got short hair, but it's just, um, it's short, short. isn't it? So. <laughs> so it's not in everything. Yeah. Because once my hoover wasn't working, and I was like, I've only just bought it, and I looked, and it was just a clunk of hair. Yeah. It was just yeah. stuck up the... Oh, my God. Stop talking. That's the kind of thing that makes me wretch. Really? No, genuinely, pulling hair out of... Pl- oh. Yeah. Oh. 
or plug holes. I don't get crazy about lots of things. I'm actually very sort of like stoic. Like, for example, a lot of people can't, including Chloe, can't cope with um, vomit. So when the kids used to be projectile vomit, I was like, yeah, scoop it all up. It didn't bother me. Poo, again, absolutely fine with that. But hair... In a plug sock with all the shit attached to it. Oh no, yeah. I don't know what it is. I'm like, what, 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 what? Well, because we didn't know each other when I lived in Paris. I lived in Paris, and my mate Ira came to visit me for a week, and he cleaned my kitchen, and then he said that he thought that there was something wrong with the plumbing, and then he just realised it was hair. Yeah, I wouldn't look in your plug. plug. I, w- I just wouldn't look. More in your <laughs> to be honest, though, that would be weird, wouldn't it? If I did go round and say, just having a ch- <laughs> little rummage through your pipes, have a look at your plug hole. Just checking in your plug holes. <laughs> not a euphemism. No, it's not a euphemism. <laughs> Literally got my hands down your plug hole. <laughs> that sort of next level friendship, isn't it? Which I don't think... No, we don't need to get to that level, I don't think. We stay at the level we're at. I think that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of like sinking our mother's deaths. I think that's... that's yeah, that, I mean, that's... Friendship. <laughs> I think that's, that's going to be the top. I don't think we could surpass that, to be honest. Hopefully not. I was going to say, I hope not. I don't want to know what's on the other side of that, is what I'm trying to say. No. By the way, I was a very good friend. I went to go to see Ian Moore, had a book launch. Oh, did he? For his second book, Death and Fromage. Oh, great. And I bought that book and his previous book, even though I already had a copy. But I felt like it's the type of thing you should do. So, yes, he's got another book out. Um, in fact, we read the first book for Book Club. Oh, yeah. And I would recommend Ian Moore. So, if you want to read it, he's got another book out now. He's very funny. If you want a book that just is pure escapism, will make you laugh, it's cosy crime. Yeah. Go find Ian Moore. He's also one of my favourite comedians. He's so funny. He stopped stand-up. That's the dream, isn't it? (laughs) Well, you like to think we're allowed to retire like every other profession in the world at some point. It's a shame, though. He's really funny. He hasn't stopped completely. I mean, he will gig occasionally. He's just stopped circuit comedy. Yeah. I mean, he lives in France, for Christ's yeah. sake. Can you imagine? I'll oh, just dip over to Manchester store. I mean, please. <laughs> he did, though. He used to do that all the time. I saw him at the Manchester yeah. store a ton. Exactly. Yeah. He's did it for years, commuting from France. And now I think he's just got to the point where he's like, I don't actually have to do that yep. anymore. Got to have an exit plan, Maureen. What's yours? You. <laughs> Me. <laughs> oh, God. Jen's not laughing at that. I <laughs> am. <laughs> Well, it's a lot of pressure, isn't it? <laughs> no, Vienna, Vienna, I suppose. End up at Vienna somehow. Well, Brexit's kind of put the kibosh on that, hasn't it? But even if you could go over a few months a year, that'd be lush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be really nice. Well, Alison, how was your week? It was good, guys. I was at home, so that's nice. I was at home again. Oh! I just love being at home, gigging from home. I was just at the Frog and Bucket, so a local comedy club. Got to go do that, got to come home. It almost felt like I didn't work this week. Even though I did three shows on Saturday within Manchester, thank you. Love when you get to gig at home. It was great. Yes. Oh, my God. Makes a big difference. Huge difference. It really does. If you could sleep in your own bed... I don't think people appreciate, those of you listening right now, just appreciate that you get to sleep in your own bed every night. If you have a job where you travel a lot, at first you're like, oh, it's so fun. I love hotels. And then after a while, it's so, uh, like, just. (laughs) I remember going away. I was gigging for two weeks. I just looked at my bed and went, I'll see you in two weeks. like the greatest relationship I have is with my own bed. I just look at it and I'm like, I love you. Danny's like, I love you too. I'm like, no, 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 it's the bed. (laughs) Our bedroom, it's just one big bed. We can't fit anything else in there and I'll never look back. (laughs) We don't even touch each other when we sleep. It's so great. No, God. 
You could fit another two people between you and you wouldn't know. Oh, what a dream. Yes, that's exactly the kind of bed I want where I'm not aware that there's a person lying next to me. (laughs) Ideal. That's love. I love you so much. Let's get a big bed big enough we don't have to touch. Yeah. Do you know what? It's nice that they're there. And then if you want to roll over twice to get to them, great. Yeah. Hi. Cuddles, cuddles, cuddles. Cuddles are over. Sleeping. That's what you do. And I think it's great. You look like you're looking at the screen as if you're checking out. I don't know. Are you looking at other things? Are you cheating on us? Yeah. Who are you looking at? She is 100% cheating on us right now. No, I'm not. I am paying attention. Oh, is that you paying attention? Okay, good. That's why you've never seen it before. Weird look. It's hard to tell. Normally she's sort of looking into the off distance, but you were looking directly into the camera. I thought, is she just looking at herself? Because generally I never know where the camera is, do I? It's on your computer screen, Maureen. I know, but you know, you may get a bit confused. It's the glowing dot. Okay, so if you're getting eye contact with yourself on the screen, then you're not looking at the camera. Okay, it doesn't matter. Right. I am still recovering from, uh, oh, Jesus. From Glastonbury? Are you one of the six people who didn't get COVID? Do you know what? I should test. I haven't tested. Maybe I've got COVID, but I've got no symptoms, although that seems unlikely given how bad the symptoms were last time I had COVID. But yes, everyone I know has got COVID. Apparently that 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 pandemic that everyone thought had gone away is very much back. It's still around. Everyone at my kids' school's got COVID. Anyway, I celebrated not being at Glastonbury this weekend by another camping trip. <sighs> <laughs> With the family? With my children. Oh, my God, what the hell is going on? Was that Chloe's idea? It, it wasn't really anyone's idea. It was It was a... It just happened? It was a camping trip for the children with their ah. school. So that there was a, uh. one of the parents organised it. And parents, blah, 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 children, blah, blah, blah. I'm tired. Oh, God, it was so... And also I arrived with all the same sort of, like, um, ulcerated tongue and general lack of sleep and, and not feeling my best. So... I did. I got through it and it was fine and everyone's lovely. Blah, blah, blah. Kids, kids had a great time. But boy, oh boy, when I got to sleep in my bed last night, I nearly mm. cried. I was like, I miss you. And now I'm going away tomorrow for a week. And I'm like, I'm, literally what you were saying, Warren, I'm looking at my bed going, mm-hmm. I miss you. And I guess I'll see you soon. I mean, I miss the children and Chloe as well, of course, but so, <laughs> the bed. Wow. Camping is so hard. Where were you camping? Was it anywhere nearby or was it? It was. It was in a place called Furl. It's sometimes in Sussex. There's just pockets of like a different world. So in this village, Furl, there is a huge estate, like an estate house, and these posh people live in it. And it's got huge grounds, which I think you're allowed to bob about in. I don't know. We did anyway. And the village of Furl, near where we camped, is beautiful. It's like, oh, my God, like something out of a postcard. It's what North Americans think England is. All the gardens were like full of honeysuckle and all that crap. The kind of place where you go, isn't this beautiful? But then you think, God, if I lived here, I'd literally shoot myself in the face. I can't think of anything worse. But anyway, it turns out that the people that own the estate own all of the houses. So they have the freehold of the entire village. And then they rent out these properties, long-term lets, you know, so you can have them, I guess, for your lifetime, at a subsidised rent because they want the people who rent them to stay there. They don't want you to leave. Okay. Within their interests for people to just stay yeah, there for yeah, 30, yeah. 40 years and, and to see it as their own home and look after it. But I just found this place fascinating. That's all I wanted to say. Not only did it look old school, but the whole setup was like something out of the 16th century. It was mad. Well, look at us, what, what weeks we've had. I'm excited I got to be home. You went camping again. And I bought a couple of books. <laughs> 
do we have a podcast? It's absolutely unbelievable to me that with the content that we provide... Don't flag it up, Joe. Don't flag it up. Don't flag it up. (laughs) People want to relate. They want to hear things they can relate to, and that's what they get from us. They want an old lesbian moaning about doing something that normal people do for holiday. You are not an old lesbian. Don't you are a... Middle-aged lesbian. Middle of the road. (laughs) An adult lesbian. An adult lesbian. A middle-aged beige lesbian, basically. (laughs) Uh, 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 Yeah. I think the grown-up bit is is definitely... The jury's out, uh, Alison. Anyway, look, speaking of adults and the jury being out, we of course, this is the greatest segue possible to Maureen Younger because it's time to find out what your buddy moment is. I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh my God, Maureen, I don't understand. I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. Well, my Beam Maureen moment is from last week's show. What? Yeah, where I flagged up the book club, which actually took place two days before the show was downloaded. <laughs> Oh, oh my God. Oh, I think I saw Adam put something up going, Adam yeah, put something for up. the ad for the book club that was two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on, Maureen? No, that's a WTB war, Maureen moment, because none of us picked up on that. Not a sit- We're starting to like think like her. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Do you yeah. know what? I was listening to the podcast on Friday and I was like... Do you know what? I thought you meant... The following Wednesday. Yeah, no, that would have made more sense. In my defence, I didn't think you meant tomorrow. <laughs> the next day, two days before the, we download the... Uh... I did genuinely think that you meant the following yeah. Wednesday, but Maureen didn't mean the following... Okay. I meant the Wednesday that just be... <laughs> the Wednesday before the podcast came out. <laughs> well, you know what? That's a great one because none of us even noticed it. Who went? Because nobody knew it was going on. No, people did go. We are regulars and we actually talked a lot about the book because normally we talk about the book for a little bit and then talk about other stuff. But we actually talked about the book quite a bit. So people did go, just obviously, if you try to go following the uh, podcast, you would have missed it. It would actually be t- <laughs> Wednesday, this Wednesday. Yeah, but unfortunately it was last Wednesday. Before our listeners, just keep us on top of what's going on. If you could just keep informing us uh, when yeah. it is that our events are. The chronology of our own <laughs> events, like when we record the podcast, when the it event would be happens. Really helpful. That would help all of us, actually. Well, Maureen, again, an absolute bang- banger, banker. <laughs> both. Yeah, we can say both, can't we? A banging banker. A yeah. banging banker. Maureen, thank you very much for your people, Maureen, moment. As always, they are a delight and a, and a blah, 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 whatever. I'm, I'm running out of steam, if I'm honest. But it's time to head over to Alison, I think, because someone's asked her a question and she knows the answer. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice, I ain't using it. Again, thank you, everyone. Keep sending your problems, please. No problem is too small. No problem is too large. I will look into it. Don't know if I'll help, but I'm trying. I want to help you. So this one, this problem this week, I really liked it. Pretty general. How do I stay current with technology? All right. This is a good one. Seeing as we opened, not being able to figure out uh, Facebook pages, uh, I think oh. this is a great one for us to really address. 
Sadly, that was not recorded. <laughs> Thank God we didn't record that. How do I open a Facebook page? Oh, shoot her in the head. There's no hope for her. Yeah, but let's be honest. No matter which Facebook page and where are things, like this is the thing. Technology is getting huge, all right? It's getting overwhelming. It doesn't matter what job you're in, what your life is. Technology has creeped its way in there, okay? You cannot be a Luddite in society anymore. They won't allow it, okay? You cannot hide from technology. It's everywhere. So how to stay current with technology? Well, my first thoughts were, what specifically is it you want to stay current with? Everyone's life is different. So when you say I want to stay current with technology, are you talking about for your personal life, for your job? What exactly are you trying to keep current with? That will help you to figure out where you want to channel your time and energy. Look, in business, obviously, it's important, you know, finding a job. You got to stay up to date on technology, career advancement. You got to know how to use programs, communication, look, social media, everything, organization, reaching customers. If you're a business, look, even us as comedians, social media is how we get people to know who we are, followers, etc. So, Ways that you can do this within a business, okay? So I thought I'll break it down. I'll go business and then personal. If you are at a job, is there a group or some sort of class that is offered through your job that you could be taking to just update your knowledge on what you need to know? Often businesses will do this. This is also a really nice way of getting out of doing a day's work. You could go do like a (laughs) class somewhere, something like that, all right? So that's a great option. Find a mentor. Now, this, I think, can go personal or professional. Is there someone you know who's really good at this sort of thing? I actually had a, a friend of mine, and social media was her thing. So what I did for a while was I would pay her. I'd pay her for her time, and we'd sit down for an hour a week, and she'd go, okay, this week, what is it you're wanting to know about? And I literally would just ask her, and she would go through step by step. So sometimes finding a mentor. Now, I don't have kids, so this may not work. But I'm just saying if you have kids, getting them to show you something might be a little nice activity to do together. Now, don't get me wrong. I know the kids are going to go faster than maybe you understand. But this is a current thing that they know about. And sometimes them teaching you something is a nice little bonding activity. So if you've got a kid or a relative who knows about this stuff, tap into that. Start spending time with them. Attend industry conferences, if there's tech events, things that are out and about. I know there was the biggest podcasting festival that went on in London. So many people that I know went to that and loved every second of it. Connect with social media. Look, if you want to learn something, there are so many videos out there. All you have to do is just get better with your Google searches. And I think this is where people get stuck when they want to learn something. They don't know how to ask the question, what is it exactly that I want to learn? So feel free to type into Google search in a variety of different ways. But you would be amazed. There is a video out there that'll show you everything. So don't give up. Maybe one video you watch and you're like, that's way beyond my knowledge. That's fine. Maybe go for beginners, the basics. But what exactly is it you want to focus on and put that into the Google search? I promise you there's free assets out there everywhere you can learn about that. Talk with your peers. Share ideas with your peers. Your friends know a lot. Maureen is a master. I learned so much from watching Maureen. Am I? Yeah. You are on social media, I would say. I think you know more than I do. Yeah. Jen and I, you're on it. Oh, I did teach you how to do those little videos, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, you did. I mean, like when it comes to social media, I don't know anything. I'm rubbish. So I do go to you, to be fair. Yeah, find a friend and ask. And be sure it's a friend who you know will explain things in a way that you'll understand. That's a big thing. Watch TED Talks. 
I know that sounds ridiculous, but there's so many great TED Talks out there about technology, about social media. Podcasts. Okay. Podcasts are a great tool for learning. Maybe you're not into the world of podcasts yet, so maybe that's what you should ask your kids first. How do I find podcasts? How do I get onto Spotify? If you break down what it is you want to find out, then you can start to go, okay, what are the first steps in finding out? Don't get overwhelmed by technology, okay? You're not going to learn it all. Even the experts don't learn it all. It's changing constantly. So what I want you to do is just think about what is it specifically that I want to know or that I can use in my life? And don't be ashamed to ask questions because there are a lot of people who don't know what's going on. Like even today when Jen asked some questions, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad Jen was asking that because I I don't know either. I don't know either. I felt like a dumb one. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not the only one who doesn't know how to like. Yeah. So it made me really happy to hear you asking those questions, Jen, when I logged on. Be willing to experiment. Okay. Don't be afraid that you're going to mess things up. You can always fix things. There's always a way to go back. So, you know, use technology and branch out. Try different things. Again, don't be afraid. It's okay. Most mistakes, most, almost all mistakes can be fixed online. So I think the key with technology is figuring out what specifically is it I kind of want to know about and just start there. And don't get overwhelmed and don't move past the step of what you want to learn until you've got that. And then try to learn some other things. But just, you're not the only one who doesn't know these things, okay? Don't feel alone. Technology is growing at a rapid pace. So the more questions that you put out there, the more things we watch, and the more people you talk to, the more information that will get shared. That is the best advice I can give about keeping current with technology at this point. Alison, that's really good advice. I think also it's quite weird, isn't it, when it comes to technology, because it can be quite embarrassing, can't it, to admit that you don't know something. Yeah. There are loads of resources, and if you, you can, you can you can Google almost anything. But I do think if there's somebody that you know that's in your family that actually would enjoy telling you and is not going to be a prick about it, yeah. then that's probably your best resource. It isn't going to lose their patience with you, which is what yeah. I would do. If my mum asked me anything, I'd be like, oh, for God's sake, mummy. She's like, well, she's in her 70s. Chill out, love. And I think it is quite ironic, isn't it, Alison, that you and I have tapped Maureen for her <laughs> so much technology knowledge. Because if you think about it, of the three of us, no one would assume that it was Maureen that had all the answers. But she absolutely does. Do you know what happened to me? At Up the Creek, the sound guy couldn't get his... He's got like one of these TV things, the cameras in his house... Well, you can watch what's going on in your house, but he couldn't get it when he was offline. He had to always be online. And there was me and three young guys in the in the green room. I went, oh, I know what you haven't done. And I told him what it was and it was right. And he, none of the guys knew and he just couldn't believe it. I was like, yeah, yeah, see, that's what I mean. That's from trial and error. You've learned things. You're like, okay, I did this. It didn't work. I figured out that. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah, and the other option too, if I can just throw this out there. Look, I know we're in a time where we don't want to spend money, but like... Hire someone to help you. Technology is such a crazy thing now that sometimes I feel like it's almost like a secondary job. So whatever your job is, the thing that you do, now you have to learn, like, you know, how to... So, I mean, if you can... How to use a mic, for example. How to use a mic, as Maureen. Yeah. But uh, but I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to hire someone to help me out with my social media-ing. Yeah. Well, I mean, if social media is something that you absolutely need for your job or for your mm -hmm. business, and you're struggling, it's an investment, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's an investment yeah. in your future. Also, maybe there's someone that you could do tradesies with. <clears throat> Is there something that you do in your profession that they're like, oh, I could use someone to do a bit of that for me? And you're like, I could use someone to help me with it. So again, it's finding those people in your world. But I'm a people person. I can't necessarily learn online. So that's why I'm find a person. Brilliant. Alison, thank you very much for your advice practical advice look we do it all here at WTB emotional <laughs> advice practical <laughs> advice what do you want cat seduction I can help you with that like what do you need yeah she's got everything what, what do people want from us anyway it's time to look at Maureen she's ready she's, she's I can see I'm she's adjusting herself Hurry in up. a seat I want a culture no because it's time for television it's TV oh it's TV never mind see I don't Jen you know what's going on I fucking lost the plot there <laughs> sorry everyone A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You look surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to put it. It's called being professional, Alison. (laughs) (laughs) Maureen, what have you been watching? Well, talking about technology, I watched The Undeclared War on Channel 4 with Simon Pegg. Oh, okay. Ah. Tell us. The British internet goes down in Britain. So there's a big, massive cyber attack. Speaking of technology, how exciting. I know, but it makes you realise everything we do is basically now on the internet. And like, if you want to upset people, people aren't bothered about what's going on, what bombs are going anywhere. If they can't get onto their apps or their Facebook page or whatever, then it's completely. So I started watching that. I'm not liking it as much as I wanted to like it, because obviously there's a lot to do with people typing in code, which is not necessarily that dramatic oh my god that's not great drama is it and so the first few minutes was a bit confusing because you've got this woman and she looks like she's young doing all this stuff and it looks a bit like james bonded but what they're actually doing is visualizing her as she does 
code because otherwise that would be a bit boring. Oh, right. And then you kind of realise, oh, that's what she's doing. So basically there's this young woman, she's come in, she discovers that they've hidden something in this code that nobody noticed and they've got to try and see and they think it's the Russians, they're not sure. Someone has accused the Russians and apparently now the lights are going off and on in Putin's office so now they're worried that it's going to all escalate. I will watch the next episode to see. Cause I, you know, sometimes the first episode, it's exposition, so it's... Yeah. It's setting everything up, introducing you to characters. It can be a bit slow, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because it is that thing that, you know, if you want to really bring down a country... And it's weird for me because I grew up at a time when, you know, I did all my essays in writing. There was no computers when I was a student. Same. You know, you, you hand wrote everything. You looked up dictionaries. You looked up, you know, yeah. you couldn't Google anything. Or you had a typewriter. Yes, or a typewriter. Or word processor. Yeah. You know, and so it's all very, very different. And you just think now, I mean, I don't know if you've done that where you've left your phone at home. And you're like, oh, my goodness. How am I going to survive? How do I know anything? You know, I survived for three decades without a mobile phone, but now it's I like... I mean, it's just mad, isn't it? I mean, I was nearly 30 when I got my first mobile phone. And now I'm like, if I don't know where it is in the house. I'm an absolute basket case. And the reality is I don't post much on social media and I don't use social media very often. So I don't know what the F I'm doing. It's a wormhole, isn't it? You've got to have your phone, haven't you? Yeah. Like I used to know in the old days, all my best friends, I used to know their numbers off by heart. Because obviously you used to ring them, didn't you? There'd be like five numbers or so of all your oh. top friends that you'd know. Now if somebody said, I know my number and that's it. Look, I know Chloe's number, okay, because I thought that, that's enough. an important number to know. And say, for example, I lost my phone and I needed to call her, that I'd know it. I could borrow someone else's phone or in the olden days, even 10 years ago, you might be able to find a pay phone. I mean, not anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does she know my number? 16 years we've been together. She said to me, can, I, can you tell me what your number is? And I went, are you joking? I said, you don't know my number. She went, no, why would I know your number? I went, because I'm your partner and because I've never <laughs> changed my number. And it's always been the same number. I said, I know your number. I said, I've known your number from the get-go. She went, well, I, I don't know your number. And I, and I went, oh, right. She goes, actually, maybe I do. Let me guess. Is it 07? I went, oh, wow, you're doing really well now. You've got the O and you've got the 7. Flipping heck. What are you, some sort of mind reader? And then she went, oh, is it, oh, I wonder what it is. She said, is it 077? Oh, well, you've already got it wrong. She went, oh, well, I don't know what it is. I was irritated by that. Maybe that says more about me than it does about. <laughs> I don't know Danny's number. I'm thinking that. I'm like, we should learn each other's numbers. Like, mm. I know my parents. I know my best friend in Canada. But that is not going to help me here. Listen, your partner should know their number just in case. Think about it. There'll be an emergency at some point where you'll need to phone them, but you won't have your phone. <gasps> what do you do? What do you do? And it's not like we've got address books. Our phones are our address books. <laughs> yeah, I've still got address books, but I mean, I never use them. Yeah, and probably you haven't updated them, the ones that you've got. Oh, no, they're from the 80s or 90s, yeah. I'm going to say more and they're not that useful. <laughs> <laughs> I will tap into that. Who, do you know who wrote that? It wasn't Simon Pegg, presumably. Peter Kaminsky. Oh. Seven-time BAFTA winner. Yeah, Peter Kaminsky. He's written loads of stuff. Why do I know that name? Oh, well. Let's not go down that wormhole. I'm going to sound like my mum when she was used to like, oh, he was the man that was in the show that, you know the show. Yeah, yeah, with the guy and the girl. No, he had that man with the woman. You know the woman that was in the other show. What's that show called, mum? It's the show where she used to be married to this man who was in this show. Okay, wow, this spider's web. Will we ever find our way back to the original question? Huh? He's written things like Wolf Hall, Brits... Yes, his name is very familiar, but as always, I don't connect the dots. I'll check it out, actually. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I'm always up for a British drama, unless more when you get three episodes in and you say don't bother. 
yeah then it's like out i might wait for you to see what you say okay well i haven't been watching television yet again i'm going to suggest podcasts i have been listening from the beginning actually there's a podcast called the deep dive with jessica st Clair and um, june diane rayfield they're two american comedy actors they're very good friends and they've got a podcast called the deep dive it's just the two of them and they deep dive into whatever's been happening in their week i mean I think there is some structure, but in the same way that there is structure in our show, it's tenuous. <laughs> and I just really love their bants. They make me laugh. They're very, I mean, I suppose if people listen to this and they're from North America, they might describe us as very British, even with you, Alison, you know, <laughs> it's a very British vibe. If you listen to this podcast, it's very American is <laughs> the way I would describe it. So with the British people that's not necessarily everyone's cup of tea but I love it and they do some absolutely insane oversharing which I also love oh. because it's it's not something I do and I really enjoy it and they're very sort of candid and funny they do talk a lot about death and they do talk a lot about the afterlife and spirituality in a way that it's not something I necessarily would tap into or be really necessarily that but I quite like hearing them talk about it and it's quite a fascinating way to deal with death and to deal with grief. So I can recommend that. And also they are really funny. They make me laugh anyway. It's just two women that are very good friends, actors, talking shit. And every now and again they have a guest and then sometimes they let the guest speak and sometimes, especially with Jessica, she just carries on talking. But I don't mind that. I quite like it. And the other podcast, which I found really useful and I'm sure... Other people will. It's Carrie Ed Lloyd's Griefcast. It's a podcast about grief. And every episode, she interviews somebody who's lost someone in their life. And then they talk about how they've managed their grief. Now, it might be oh. that they lost that person last year. It might be that they lost that person 10 years ago when they were a child, whatever. You know, it can be anything from your parents to your siblings to partners. I haven't listen to one with children I think I'd probably find that a bit difficult but and Carrie Ad is just so good now if you don't know who Carrie Ad Lloyd is she's a comedian she's an actor she's an improviser she's very very talented she's a super cool person and she has this podcast which she just steers so brilliantly talking to people it's a lot of comedians but it's also writers and actors and directors and you know musicians so it's lots lots and lots of different people and it's such a balm to hear people talk candidly. So I don't know, there might be someone listening to this that's grieving or may not, or may just have lost someone quite a long time ago, but might find it useful. I definitely recommend that. And like all conversations around grief, it's not like people aren't like wailing on the, <laughs> it's, it's very open. It's going to be very funny. And there's loads of stuff like that's been said there that I've thought that's really helped me when talking about not stages of grief, because that suggests that there's an end point, but people have said, oh, this, while I was grieving for the first three months, this is how I felt. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's exactly how I've been feeling. So you don't feel like you're doing it wrong or, or whatever. So I can totally recommend that. The other recommendation that I really enjoy is the slow newscast by Tortoise Media. And all it is is that every week they look at news in a slow way. So it's not breaking news. It's news that's just happening in the background and they'll do a deep dive into it. So it might be Russian oligarchs buying up property in London and how that's affecting the infrastructure of our country and they'll do a deep dive into that do you know what I mean and so and I've, I just find that really fascinating they did one episode which I was like really like amazed at about these women that were falling off 
high-rise buildings. And the police had never investigated what the link was. And the investigation is, you know, as we can all imagine, women don't just throw themselves off the balconies of high-rise blocks of flats. But it's that all of these women were in relationships with men where that involved domestic violence. And then they would find themselves thrown out of a... And they basically did a really deep dive into investigating this. And when they looked at all the stats, the police had never made that link. And so all these men, they'd be like, oh, she just, we had an argument and she, she fell over a nine-foot barrier. <laughs> I mean, what, did she crawl up it and then throw herself off? So just really, really interesting stories. And that's, those are my three recommendations for people. So you've got one about current affairs, one about grief, and one that's just uh, two women talking shit. So if you're interested in any of those podcasts, Alex is going to include that in the show notes. And you can find all the links there. If you want to find out more about either of those three podcasts, they are there for you. Also, I'm just going to take this opportunity to say thank you to everyone that's contacted. And I'm sure Maureen will say the same thing, contacted either of us to send their condolences about our mothers. I have not replied. <laughs> it was just the kind of admin I just couldn't cope with. So I just wanted to say thank you. Yes, thank you. It was, was appreciated. It's quite touching. Right. What's next? Horror. Oh, horror movies. Oh, horror. Oh, my God. So sorry. It's all right. Alison, how can we forget the horror corner? Here's the horror corner, everyone. Technology-based. So right away in my head, Lawnmower Man came to my mind. 1992. Look, ridiculous if you go back and watch it. It's ridiculous. Lawnmower Man came in my head. It's kind of like a quick flashback to the idea of, like, before we knew where technology was going to go. It's not great. So Lawnmower Man, one of them. Two, real quick. It was called Hashtag Horror. So it actually has the hashtag sign, and then it's horror. And basically, I like this movie because what it is, is it's a group of bullying girls. And a girl comes over to the house, and they bully her about. Then they find out that there's someone outside, killer, that is, like, filming them and putting clips of them on social media. So it's about a murderer outside. I am all about teens getting together with a murderer stalking them. So hashtag horror. I also like it, too, because it's that whole mean girl bully thing. And I'm obsessed with the idea of, like, a mean girl bully kind of concepts I just think the more we can explore it, the better. And I think it was really good because it does address some social media bullying issues. So in a weird way, yes, it's a horror movie. Yes, there is a murderous stalker. But it does touch on some issues that I think are relevant to social media in this day and age with teenagers. So hashtag horror. Really enjoyed that. And then to lighten it up a little, not lighten it up, but kind of a documentary going off a little bit of horror on Netflix. Don't know if you've seen it called Don't Fuck With Cats. Now, this is an exceptionally good documentary. Okay, so here's the breakdown. This is what it says. Don't post your shockingly vile murders online unless you want to be brought to your knees by a team of ordinary folk on Facebook. This is the true story of Luke Magnata, Canadian guy, who notoriously posted graphic photos of his murders online. What? Yeah. Starts out with being cruel to cats. And so... Oh, oh. Uh-huh. Chloe's watched this. Yeah. And then all, you know, of course, cat levels, people online. So basically what happens is this guy is a murderer and he existed for quite some time. And he basically got caught or found because these people online were like... Went out. 
went out and did Vigilante, and it's a, a whole documentary about it. And I just loved the idea of, like, technology and how it really is a tool that can be used for so much when you do learn how to use it. So I just thought it was a great story, a great documentary, kind of creepy, deals with murders, kind of falls into horror. But now and again, I do love a good documentary. So Don't Fuck With Cats on Netflix and the hashtag horror, you can find that on YouTube. Those are my recommendations for technology horror. Thank you so much, Alison. I have watched a bit of Don't Fuck With Cats, but oh. I did it by accident and I didn't know what I was watching because Chloe was like four episodes in and I was like, what are you watching? It's good. I thought it was creepy as hell. It is creepy as hell because this guy, Luke Medina, like Canadian... He is an absolute... Psychopath. Complete... Psycho. Narcissistic psychopath, yeah. Oh, an absolute narcissist, but also like really into kind of like torture and oh, just awful mm-hmm. person. That's a very good recommendation if that's up your street. And also, it's one of those ones where you get some resolution, don't you? Yeah, that's exactly it. This one has a happy ending because if you just want to get enraged for the sake of getting enraged, just watch the news and uh, that'll that'll do it for... Well, it certainly does it for me. Yeah. Addison, thank you for your horror recommendation. We're going to go back to more and younger. Um, it's Now it's time. It is absolutely. This is... Before it wasn't, but now it is the time for the corner that is more into cultured area. Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. <laughs> right, guys, have any of you read Dorothy Parker? Because I'm going to do Dorothy Parker today. No, no, never. OK, Dorothy Parker was an American poet, writer, critic and satirist based in New York and was just basically known for her quick wit. And she published in magazines such as Vanity Fair, The New Yorker, and she's a founding member, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right, of the Algonquin Round Table, which was really famous in the 1920s. And it was like where writers and actors and critics would meet up every day. And they met for lunch like for 10 years throughout the 1920s. Wow. And often what they said would appear in columns all around America. And she was kind of really associated with the 1920s. She published over 300 poems and she also was she contributed short stories to The New Yorker and helped shape its tone. And then she went to Hollywood and worked on more than 15 films including helping to write the original 1937 A Star Is Born. And then she was eventually blacklisted because of her politics. So she was really into politics. She was, came from a very wealthy background. She was a Rothschild originally. But she campaigned for social justice throughout her life. And when she died, she'd left her will to Martin Luther King and then on his death to the NAACP. But she was really well known for her wit, which I think really annoyed her to a certain extent. So like, she was a critic. So one of her most famous lines is, talking about Catherine Hepburn in a play. Miss Hepburn ran the whole gamut of emotions from A to B. Oh, wow. That's harsh. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she wrote some very cynical poems on love. So I'm not going to read it all out, but she's got this poem called One Perfect Rose. She goes, first verse is a single flower he sent me since we met, all tenderly his messenger he chose, deep-hearted, pure, with scented juice or wet, one perfect rose. And the last verse is... Why is it no one ever sent me yet one perfect limousine, do you suppose? Oh, no, it's always just my luck to get one perfect rose. (laughs) (laughs) She sounds like she's right up my alley. (laughs) Well, my favourite short story by her, and you would want to punch this guy in the face, Jen, is Mr Durant. The story's kind of told from his point of view, and he's so annoying, but it's you can just see the guy. So he's so selfish. He gets his employee pregnant. Of course, this is in the 1920s. A bit like today in America, where in some states abortion is illegal. And he's really annoyed because, you know, he finds it very inconsiderate that this woman that he slept with 
his employee has got pregnant and then you know he gives her the 25 bucks to get rid of the baby and it's like well you know it's very gallant for me but I could have really used the money you know and he's just this horrendous bloke but you can just see that kind of guy you know you just kind of go oh it's probably based on somebody she knew she had a terrible track record with men she's quoted as saying take me or leave me or as the usual order of things both <laughs> and then when she got pregnant by this guy she goes it serves me right for putting all my eggs in one bastard <laughs> I like her do you know what she would probably have been like in our day and age she would have been a comedian wouldn't she yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah. well as an author. Yeah. But things, she was so associated with the 1920s. You know, when you're so, like, part of that zeitgeist. So when it changed, when, you know, the you know the glorious 20s changed. Oh, then your old news. Then your old news and you're dated and people don't really want to know. So she was just too associated with that period. And feminists have had an interesting relationship with her. So some feel that she was disloyal because she attacked women and they felt that she was writing for a male audience. Whereas others say that, you know, she was actually um, protesting against patriarchal society so it's a well she was pointing out the disparity between how women are treated and how men are treated yeah 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 and what women put up with and what men put up with you know and I think by highlighting that then that is that does help yeah and the penguin they've got a, like a collected works of Dorothy Parker which I've I mean I read this in the 90s I mean when I bought it, it was £2.95 I'm guessing it's going to be a bit more now I mean books have gone up Maureen but anyway how does she sound to you guys very interesting I mean great had you heard of her before Oh, I've heard of Dorothy Parker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, I haven't read any of her stuff. I don't own it. There is a film, uh, Mrs. Parker and the Vicious Circle. I saw it years ago. I can't really remember it. And Jennifer Jason Lee stars as Jennifer uh, Jason Lee. Wow, that's interesting casting. No offence, Jennifer. I do enjoy a good Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, but in a sort of like different genre, I would have. Look, let's not put people in boxes, for heaven's sake. Jennifer, you do the all the gamut of acting, whatever the hell you want to do, my From love. From A to B. From A to B. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? That is so harsh. As... She would have been a great Edinburgh reviewer. Jesus. That would take the wind out of your sails, wouldn't it? And also, <laughs> Catherine Hepburn is not a woman you want to piss off. I mean, I don't think that would bother Catherine Hepburn. I think she had so much self-belief and confidence. But Oh, which I love. It would have fueled her. Yeah, I mean, if people don't know Catherine Hepburn, she's worth checking out. I mean, she wore trousers at a time when women did not wear trousers. I think her and Marlena Dietrich were like the two. She was the original wide leg pant wearer. Yeah. Yeah. Those suits that she used to wear were very androgynous. They looked great, didn't they? Those sort of high-waisted trousers and the jackets and the, the sort of men's shirts, but undone. So it was quite hot, actually. But I would say that. That's kind of my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Hepburn was so definitely we... giving me a lesbo vibe. And everyone was like, oh, no, she's into Spencer Tracy. And I was like, I'm just not getting no, that. I don't... I'm she picking is, yeah. up the leather in her. Um, but See, I don't get that at all. I know we've had this discussion before, but... Well, Spencer Tracy was gay. I know, Maureen, you don't want to believe it. I know you don't, but... I know her face the whole time. It's just like, no. You don't believe it. She won't believe it. <laughs> She's like, that affects my fantasies. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> Do you think anybody in Hollywood could possibly be gay, Maureen? <laughs> Do you think that's possible? <laughs> Do you think it's possible that some actors <laughs> might, might be might, gay? Might be gay. <laughs> or is that like no. pulling the wool over our eyes? Anyway, Maureen, thank you for your cultural corner. We'll check out Dorothy Parker. That's a really good recommendation. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, did she sort of write poetry, or was it prose? She wrote poetry and short stories. Poetry and short stories. Great. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's that bit. That's that bit. Check her out. Get educated. Okay, Jen. 
What the hell's getting the goat this week? I don't want to lose my shit over... Okay, this is it. Right, let's go and now. I cannot handle this! Um, look, this, this is a tricky one. You went into it very casually. I want you to know that. Yeah, I know, because I'm really... What I want to say to the listeners is that I know we've got a lot of men that listen to this podcast. And when I say a lot, I know at least four. Hi, Anthony. Hi, Adam. <laughs> Hi, Adam. Hi, David. <laughs> listen, we love you. You are our people, okay? And I don't want you to take anything that I'm saying here personally because this is not directed at you. I'm actually directing this at a very small <sighs> section of society that happen to be male, okay? Sometimes they're female, but in this case, male. Entitled, middle class, 100% always white, men. Look, I'm talking about a very specific person, and I know they won't be listening to this, so I could actually give you their name and they, they wouldn't know because they're not going to listen to this. But, you know, there are people who like to tell you what they think about you and they think it's instructive, but it's actually just them negging you. Do you know what I mean? Where it's something like, look... I think what you need to do is you need to hear this and then it's just an opportunity for them to tell you that they think that you're shit at what you do. Or, But they'll do it in a way where it's like, and I hope that helps when, and you're left thinking, I'll tell you what would help is if you ran across that road and a car hit you. That would really help me right now because you're so fucking annoying. Can we define real quick, Jen? Negging. There might be some people who don't know what negging is. What is negging? Negging is putting someone down, but often using a reason to say just a bit of feedback. I've noticed, and da 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 da, and it's not just me, and then go in to tell you why you're shit at a load of things. But they themselves are shit at almost everything. They're often riding on the back of somebody else's success, or they're riding on the back of somebody else's talent, or they're not actually particularly very good at what they do. But feel the need to let you know what they do or don't like about what you're doing. And also are the kind of person that would say, all lives matter. I don't see race. You know, so they think that they're really right on, but actually they're intrinsically part of them. I donate to charity all the time. Well, mate, what I would like to live is in a world where we don't need charity, where we just have an equitable society where everybody can just live their fucking lives without relying on your dole out so you can get a semi-hard on, okay? You know, that kind of bell end. That sort of white saviour entitled fucking, but actually a misogynist racist fucking, you know, these kind of pricks. I'm sorry, but they're all out there. And then they're usually managing women. They usually like to manage women. And these men just... They drive me crazy because they go around thinking that they're really liberal. I've read The Guardian once. You know, those people. You're like, I don't care. You're not liberal. You're an absolute bellend who doesn't seem to have any empathy. You walk around in an entitled way telling everybody about how shit they are. And have you ever looked in the mirror, mate? Because you're not actually good at anything. And all these people putting themselves on the line, taking on the risks, and then you sit on the back of them of their success with all the glory. I mean, it's these men, these people, not just men, people, these people, but often men, but these are nearly always men, actually. But these people drive me up the fucking wall. And by the way, just know that if I, when I meet these men, I tell them what I think. Yeah. I, I don't want you to think, well, why don't... Have you had a recent experience of this, Jen? It's not me. It's somebody I care about. And I want to be able to step um... in and go, listen, mate, you need to take a few steps back. 
or I'm going to pummel the shit out of you. But I can't. I have to go, why don't you put a strongly worded email or next time he has, <laughs> next time you have a conversation with him, maybe you could say, you, oh God, yeah. People, you know, in our job that we could hopefully wait for them to turn up in an audience and call them a cunt in the first three seconds of our set. That's why I do this job is so I can insult men like that. But unfortunately, the person I love can't say that to this person. They have to find a, a way to... I mean, when people try and do that to me, I, I, I'm not interested in what you think. Oh, they couldn't do it to you, Maureen. They couldn't. But the thing is, this is the kind of man that would never do it to you, all right, because they don't want... No, though, they pick on people that they know. I remember once this guy tried to criticise my um, set and I went, mate, when I wrote it, I didn't write it with you in mind. <laughs> yeah. And he got really pissed off and I was like, but I haven't. Yeah, I mean, if you don't like it. If you don't like it, don't like it. But, yeah, yeah. you know, I haven't written it for you. You're not that yeah, important. It's not everything is for you. Anyway, that's been getting my goat for months and months. Oh, I can see why. And, um, yeah. And also, even if this person removes themselves from this other person, he'll just go on and do it to someone else. And that really... Exactly. Yeah. It just drives me crazy. It's essentially our government. Yeah. And always <laughs> the whole time thinking that he's some sort of benevolent force of good. That's the thing that annoys me about these people is that they think that they are... Oh, you know, I believe that everyone has opportunities. It's like they don't. That's the fundamental problem with this because country. Because you grew up with opportunities, so you believe that's what people's lives are. If you just work hard, if you just work hard, you might just be working Shut hard up. in a shitty job, yeah. working hard. That's all you'll get. Do you know what? When you get mm -hmm. children of famous parents and they go, well, they opened the door for me, but I did all the other work. You think, it's the opening the door that's the hard bit, you bastard it's the door mm -hmm. that's the difficult bit is getting the door to open the not acknowledging privilege is that's the hardest part for me and it's true you often get that with celebrities is that they talk about how hard they've worked to get their opportunities you think yeah but acknowledge your privilege to get to the point where that opportunity was available to you because class mm -hmm. isn't about money and class isn't about how hard you work class is about opportunity how do you find these opportunities if you can't even get to a point where that exists, where you have to work really hard on a zero hours contract to pay your rent. So those opportunities aren't there because all you're doing is focusing on feeding yourself and having a roof over your head. The opportunities come when you've paid all of that and now you've got a bit of time and space to think, what is it that I want to do? Where is it that I want to go? Yeah. What is it that I want to yeah. achieve? And you can't do that. So he's that guy. It's like, well, if we all, people just need to work hard. It's like, oh! Fuck off! You don't know what working hard is. I won't even tell you what his job is. If you think that's working hard, mate, you've got another thing coming. So anyway, just bell ends. And of course, they do end up in government. You're right, Alison. I mean, that is... While you were describing it, I was like, that's our current government. That is... Entitled bell ends. I have got my go. Is there any surprise there? Of course not. That should be... I should put that on a T-shirt. What's got Jen's go? Entitled bell ends. Entitled bell ends. <laughs> I could do that every week, actually. Women talking bollocks. If you have enjoyed WTV, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a little review. Oh, you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats. Well, that did. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.